With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello once again, my friends. This is Tony Richards on Better Than Before. What a great program we've got lined up for you today. Before I tell you a little bit more about that, I want to remind you to sign up for my weekly newsletter, The Monday Morning Memo, and it's by email. It can come directly to your inbox every Monday morning, and you can do that at our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. On the program today, parenting expert Jordan Sarah will join me in just a couple of minutes. You know everybody wants to tell you how to raise your kids. Well, today I've got an expert on the program that's actually got some good advice for you. So we've got that coming up. Also, eight keys of life for the elite level performer. Today, we're going to talk about key number six, your circle of influence. That's all coming up right here on Better Than Before, brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. The 2020 Subaru Crosstrek. It comes with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus an economical 33 miles per gallon. And the Crosstrek has the lowest five-year cost to own in its class for three years running, according to Kelly Blue Book. Love is out there. Find it in a Crosstrek. University Subaru. Homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard, but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards. Today, I'm joined by Jordan Sarah. She is a licensed marital and family therapist and a mindful parenting coach. She's also an author. And I want to 
talk with her a little bit about parenting and also a little bit about the coronavirus uh, quarantine situation. And so, so glad to have you here today, Jordan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? How'd you decide to get into uh, being a therapist and a mindful parenting coach? Yeah, so um, I actually, I'm an army brat, so I grew up all over the place with uh, a lack of stability. And so one of, one of my goals as I entered into adulthood was to sort of ground myself because it's not something that I really experienced as a child. I am grateful for my past. It was really um, quite exciting to move around and bounce around. But, you know, I think it's probably not the best um, way to grow up when it, in terms of mental health. And that's kind of actually what catapulted me into the mental health field is I started um, learning about the effects of moving around and having friends come and go, having you come and go. And I decided um, I wanted to get into the field initially to learn more about myself and how my brain was working. So I, I came to Mizzou. My mom retired in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and I wanted to stay semi-close to her. So I came to Columbia, a couple hours away from Fort Leonard Wood, and I ended up getting my undergrad in sociology. Just really have always been fascinated by people and their stories. And after that, I had my daughter, and I always say the day I gave birth, something changed within me. I woke up um, and I did. I gave birth to my daughter seven years ago and I started my awakening journey. When, when that started, it was really, really painful. I was starting to realize really unhealthy habits that um, my parents unknowingly so were doing with, with their parenting and I just, I knew that I needed to break the cycle because I wanted to give my daughter the best tools possible for um, being healthy and confident and, and happy. Um, and so then I decided to get into marriage and family therapy. And as the years went on, my focus sort of narrowed into uh, parenting, not necessarily working with children, but working with, with the parents because what I started to see is that we live in a world that is very much attached to this old parenting paradigm. And this old parenting paradigm is really based on fear. It, it relies on power and control and aggression, manipulation, um, yelling, threatening, uh, and judgment. And it's, it's, it's creating these, these generations of, of brokenness, broken people. And so, I, I was like, I have to do something about this. And I discovered conscious parenting. And from there, I just, I, I was hooked. It made sense to me. And here I am a mindful parenting coach. And I really do have to give thanks to my daughter because she has just, she's taught me so much more than I've probably taught her. So uh, that's one of the things I was gonna ask you. Do most people uh, in your research, do you find that most people, they parent out of the paradigm that they saw when they were growing up from their parents? Is that how they start out? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, our, our relationship with our parents is kind of the foundation of our personality, the, the, the type of attachment um, that we develop with our parents really determines major parts of our personality, how we respond um, to other people, how we interact in social social settings, and how we respond to our, our children's need. That absolutely directly goes back to our, our style um, or that attachment with our parents and their style of parenting. So how do you know what to do as a parent? If there's anything that people love to do, they, they love to tell you how to parent or how to raise your kids, right? But how do you know, uh, let's set, set the parent relationship, uh, how you were raised uh, or how I was raised. Let's set that to the side and just say, how do we know what's good or bad? Oh, goodness. Tony, this is the golden question, you know. Um, so as as I've been, you know, studying this, I grew up in the old parenting paradigm. My mom was a drill sergeant in the military. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of control. It was her way or the highway. You did not speak up to her. You did not respect her. And that's just how it was. Um, and so... Uh, but that's that's back then she would have said that's good and a lot of people do think that's quote-unquote good parenting right um and so we're we're it's it's parenting is so difficult and as one of my favorite like conscious leaders is dr shafali tabari she has written many books on conscious parenting and she says over and over again that there is no one more defensive than the parent and that is so true. Parents do not like being told what to do with their children. And so I have really been thinking about how to um, gently sort of shift this idea of parenting without sounding like I'm, I'm demanding them to change who they are. And so maybe one thing we could ask ourselves as parents, um, what does my child think about this? How is my child feeling? and assess based on what your child needs, what your child wants, ask your children. Um, most children are not going to say that they deserve to be yelled at, that they deserve to be locked in their room, that they deserve to be spanked. You know, and this is a very controversial topic, but finding that assessment, maybe collaborating with your child is is a good way to go about it that's what i personally do i ask my daughter well what do you think um the consequence of this should be or how do you want to handle this children are so so very intuitive i often say about my parents i i i give them the benefit of the doubt i just say you know if they had known better they would have done better but they did what they knew and Probably if they lived down the street and they weren't my parents, I would have thought they were awesome. So in your field of expertise and mindful parenting, what are some of the keys to it? Yeah, um, Tony, before I go there, I just want to ask you real quick. Um, did your parents do better than their parents? Yeah, I'd say they did. I knew my grandparents very well. I actually knew my great grandparents very well. 
and I think with each generation, I think they did better. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that isn't that promising? Sure. Yeah, I th I think the evolution of um, the collective consciousness, I think it's moving in a positive direction. So that gives me a lot of hope. But we still have a lot of work to do at the same time. So what are the keys to mindful parenting? Mindfulness um, on its own is really just this, this practice of with intention, bringing your awareness to the here and now, the present moment, sans judgment. Okay, that's a very important piece to this, no judgment. Well, when you attach mindfulness to parenting, it's gonna look a little bit different because you're inviting this, this separate entity into your world. And so when you mindfully parent, you're intentionally being with your child rather than in control of your child. And you're practicing this deep awareness around how your words or your actions or your body language could be affecting the entire family system, yourself, your partner, your kids, and just the overall environment of your home. Um, a mindful parent also uh, removes blame and shame to the best of their ability, and they never, ever, ever hold their children responsible for their own personal emotions. So let, let's bring this into the coronavirus uh, with all the stay-at-home orders and the quarantine. How does that affect kids? Like, do they understand it? Oh gosh, do any of us truly understand this? I think, I think this is so fresh that we've not really been able to process what's going on because we're in the midst of this right now. I think kids, again, they're so intuitive and they're so bright and they're so, they're so sensitive to what's happening with parents and friends. And now that they're not in school, um, they know that something's going on. I don't know the extent of, of their knowledge. Um, for instance, you know, my daughter, she knows that people are getting sick, um, but she, I don't think she realizes people are, are dying or how many people are dying from this. Hmm. Well, I know with my niece, she's five, and uh, she wants to know why she can't go visit my parents, which are her grandparents. You know, how, how do we answer questions like that? What, what would be the best thing we should tell them? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that breaks my heart. My daughter wants to visit her grandparents, too. And it's it's oh, man, it's it's challenging. But I would always I would always lead with honesty um, with age appropriate language. So maybe letting your niece know that. Um, not necessarily that grandma and grandpa could die from this, but letting her know that what she's doing, social distancing, is helping to protect those who are a little bit more vulnerable to this and, and saying, you know, I know this is so hard for you to not see them, but you will see them again. And I'm so proud of how strong you've been throughout all of this. And, you know, we just want to make sure that grandma and grandpa don't get sick, right? It's not fun being sick. There's no need to lie about this. I, I think a lot, of kid, uh, a lot of parents tend to want to protect their children from some of that unpleasant um, news. And you can absolutely filter yourself. We don't want to 
traumatize our children by giving them updates every day. But at the same time, we, we, we must be honest with our children. They know way more than we, we give them credit for. What about from the parents end? I mean, I know during a lot of this, uh, I'm sure that's um, allowed for more time to be spent together with parents and children. How does that affect parents? Because typically you're used to, you go off to work and you have, you know, so much time together. And now you've had this abundance of time together. Um, how, how does that affect from the parent side? Yeah. What, what I'm seeing from my families is they're really stressed out. They're, they're overwhelmed. Um, the uncertainty of all of this is really getting, getting at people. I know, um, Right now, child abuse rates are at an, an all-time high, which is just gut-wrenching to think about. But the stress, parents don't know how to handle the stress. And so I think right now would be the perfect time to partake in a more mindful practice. Um, because with that mindfulness is awareness and, and knowing. And knowledge is power. And when you have that knowledge, you can you can um, better address and cope with some of some some of those parts of self that are really stressed out and angry and confused and sad and grieving, grieving this old life that we once had. Um, and then also to to as a parent, give yourself some grace because this is not easy for anybody. And my heart goes out to everybody who's who's really struggling with this. Well, it's a fascinating subject, that's for sure, and we, I'm sure we've only scratched the surface. Um, what's one question that I should ask you that I haven't asked you about mindful parenting? Maybe the benefits of mindful parenting. When you become a mindful parent, um, no doubt you are going to feel more peaceful in all aspects of your life. Um, there's going to be more ease with how you interact with other people. Um, it's almost as if time slows down a little bit when you're mindful. I know that like, for example, if, if, if you're really anxious or nervous about something, time can go by really fast, your body's real jittery, your hands may be sweating, your heart's racing. When you, when you start to develop that mindfulness muscle, you can sort of control some of those um, autonomic nervous system bodily functions, and you can slow everything down. It's a really, really powerful practice. And so with that comes less stress, less anxiety. Um, you're more responsive rather than reactive. And when, when we can respond to our children, when we, be, when we can become more attuned to our children, they're going to grow up experiencing less anxiety, less depression, um, less social, social worries or phobias. And so mindful parenting is really so beneficial for both the parent and the child. Well, we're visiting with Jordan Sarah. She is a mindful parenting coach and a family therapist. And we're going to let you know how you can find out more about her in just a second. But I've got a standard list of closing questions that I ask everybody who comes on the program. So I've got them ready and uh, waiting for you, Jordan. Are you ready? Yeah, shoot. Here's the first one. What is the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you? 
rollerblading in fourth grade with my best friend Jen on post. We lived in Fort McClellan, Alabama. That post is is um, it's been shut down now. It's it's no longer functional, but we were um, rollerblading. In, in between these buildings, and I remember a helicopter was flying above us, and um, yeah, I don't know why that memory is so charming, but it was just, I, I remember feeling so peaceful and happy and content back then. Who's the number one hero in your life? Oh, my daughter, hands down. And what's your daughter's name? Jovi. All right. What is the top value you subscribe to? Can I give you two? Sure. Unconditional love and radical acceptance. All right. Who's the most important person in your life? Oh, um, my daughter. All right. She gets two of them then. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? <laughs> my daughter? Um, <laughs> um, ooh, love. I really, I really like love. I love people. How about that? I like That's people. Fine. What's your favorite food? Eggplant Parmesan. Most beautiful place you've ever visited? Hawaii. Which island? Um, we, were, we were in Waikiki in Honolulu. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Uh, at peace. How do you want to be remembered? Um, by being passionate and following my heart when it comes to this shift in parenting. If you could go back and talk to a younger Jordan, what sort of advice would you give her? I would tell her that she's significant, that she's loved, and that she's absolutely perfect the way that she is. What's your favorite sound? Um, I like, I like, I like the sound of horses galloping on concrete. Oh, well. <laughs> all right. Last one. Out of all the lessons you've learned in your life so far, what's the best lesson? Um, I think acceptance, accepting other people as they are, not where you want them to be. And, it, and that goes inward to accepting yourself as you are and not trying to be someone else. That's awesome. Jordan, Sarah, a mindful parenting coach and family therapist. If people are interested in finding out more about you and what you do and how you can help them be more mindful in their parenting, how would they do that? How would they find you? There's three different ways you can find me. Um, my website is just Jordan Sarah. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-C-E-R-A.com. Or you can email me at wildchildlove at jordansarah.com. And if you're wanting to dive deeper into this mindful parenting, I've got a four-week course that's self-paced. Um, I laid down the framework of consciousness and mindfulness. You'll get some education on child development. Um, there's a bunch of stress reduction exercises and breathing techniques and the emotional regulation activities, four-step communication model. There's a bunch of fun stuff in this course. And you can find that at jordansarah.podia.com. Awesome.
Well, listen, I know how busy your schedule is. So thanks for taking a few minutes to visit with us. Yeah, Tony, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have you back at some time. Parenting, I'm sure, is something that you never <laughs> can learn enough about. So listen, you stay safe and uh, thanks for doing this, okay? All right, thanks, Tony, you too. All right, I will have more on the Better Than Before show right after this. The 2020 Subaru Crosstrek. It comes with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus an economical 33 miles per gallon. And the Crosstrek has the lowest five-year cost to own in its class for three years running, according to Kelly Blue Book. Love is out there. Find it in a Crosstrek. University Subaru. Homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards. We've been talking about eight keys in the life of an elite level performer. When you get to the level of uh, performing at that uh, rarefied air of elite level performance, there are eight areas of your life that you have to make sure you keep healthy and in balance. And today we're going to talk about number six, which is your circle of influence your relationships that are so important. And there are three principles I want to pass along to you before I go in depth on the subject. The first principle is you become who you drink coffee with. A study was done that revealed the median income of a person was determined by the incomes of the 10 people they spent the most time with. Negative people, if you spend time with them, you're going to get caught up in gossip. You're going to be caught up in their biases and their way of seeing the world. It's going to rub off on you. I study patterns in people all the time. And when people spend more and more time with other people, they start taking on the key words that they say, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, um, you've heard of a drinking game, right? Where people will say certain things and every time they say it, especially if they say it a lot, you take a drink. So I will do that every now and then with a client just to raise their awareness. I say, we are to start a drinking game every time you say the word and tell them the word that they constantly use that they are unaware of. And it immediately brings to their self-awareness what they're doing. And it really helps them slack off on it a little bit. The passionate people you spend time with, it's going to be the same principle. It's going to rub off on you. You're going to start to become more passionate. You're going to start to become more positive. You're going to start to have more of a can-do attitude. So you become the people that you drink coffee with or you spend a lot of time with or you work around quite a bit. 
And the second principle is you need to surround yourself with people who have the right attitude. You're not going to get to elite level performance spending time with people who are sarcastic, with people who think everything's a joke, with people who are self-deprecating. These are not the things that you want to rub off on yourself because they're not going to lead to higher levels of performance. You've got to be around people who are high-level performers and let their high-level attitude rub off on you. And finally, principle number three is life is super short. It's really too short to surround yourself with negative, criticizing people. And it's funny how critics come out to play when there's excellence being demonstrated. When you're a high-level performer, when you're an excellent-level performer, down deep, and maybe not even down deep, but maybe overtly, people are going to want to criticize you. They are going to want to bring you down to size. Your growth makes them nervous. Think about it this way. I'm sure you've been to professional sporting events. Are there more people sitting in the stands or there are more people out on the field? There's always more people sitting on the stands, right? And what are the people sitting in the stands doing? They're cheering and rah-rahing the people that they love and they're booing and hissing the people that they hate. And usually the people they hate are pretty good. Why do you boo and hiss at people who aren't very good? You don't. You don't even take the time. But athletic programs and athletic teams that put together dynasties of winning and consecutive winning seasons, more people hate them than love them because they don't like that success that they're enjoying. Typically, you take teams like the New England Patriots or people like that, that people just can't stand them unless they are fans and they're in support of them, right? So there's always more people sitting in the stands being critical than there are people out on the field enjoying success and scoring the touchdowns. So you need to create a barrier just like a high-performance athlete would do when that negative crowd is out there, you need to create a barrier against that negativity and that gossip and that uh, rumor-mongering, and don't let it set in on you. Don't let it affect you. So you got to be bigger on the inside than what's on the outside that's criticizing you. And coming up in future weeks, I'm going to talk a lot more about that. So we're talking about your circle of influence. Let's talk about a couple of key things here. Building business relationships and being a strong communicator. you got to have a relationship before you get the business. And if you're smart, you'll do deals where everyone wins. You win, your client and customer wins. Uh, if there's any other partnerships involved, they win. When you book too many uh, win-loses, then people are going to figure that out pretty quickly and word's going to spread that you're not the person to work with, right? So you want to be a walking, talking value creator and create more value for your customers than what they're paying you for. Value is created above the price paid. So you lead by example. You influence people by creating value. You be someone who finishes projects with excellence you're very patient, you're very engaged as a listener, you're very interested 
not you're not trying to be interesting you're very interested and very active in your listening with other people and you're not too worried about impressing them you want to leave your ego out of it but you want to be candid you want to be real you want to be honest and if the relationship blossoms and you do business together you want to have each other's backs so let's talk a little bit more about value creation because this is the second thing i want to talk to you about as far as your circle of influence. You need to have a deep care about the success of those that you work with. You need to care whether they're succeeding or not. And hopefully you're a part of their success by what you're bringing to the table, right? There's a law of reciprocity. I've written about this before where you will get back whatever you give out, right? So if you're constantly giving value, what are you going to get out of the relationship? You're going to get value back times 10. So you want to continue to build value, give value, enhance value, because few things are as powerful as waking up in the morning with a sense of meaning about the work you're doing for someone because you know you're bringing value to the table. Personal relationships I strongly believe that you can say anything if you have a strong enough relationship. And if you say it with deep meaning, deep feeling, and deep respect. Because if you have something to say and something that you think would be helpful to the other person and you don't do it, you're going to regret it. And so if you have an agreement with someone or you have an agreement with a little group, you need to keep that agreement. Don't break it. You need to have FaceTime. If you have a relationship with somebody, you need to spend time with them. And perform random acts of kindness. I know that's kind of a cliche that's been around for the last 25 years or so, but doing unexpected, nice, thoughtful things for someone is a really good way to enhance the relationship. And remember the law of reciprocity. If you do those unexpected, nice, thoughtful things, you're going to get unexpected, nice, thoughtful things back in return. Herb Kelleher, the founder of Southwest Airlines, said, the business of business is people. So let's talk about some action steps as far as your circle of influence. Action step number one, your behavior broadcasts your beliefs. So in your journal, I want you to write down what behaviors are you engaging in that are limiting you with people relationships. And I want you to ask yourself, when you get those behaviors written down, ask yourself, why do I do that? And it, it can be anything from maybe cutting people off in conversation. It can be playing the victim card I don't know what they are, but if you sit down and do some thinking, you will come up with plenty that you can uh, record in your journal. And then you can start asking yourself, why do I do that? Number two action step, pick one person that you're going to focus on and you're going to wow them. You're going to do more than is expected. You're going to create more value. You're going to really bring it as far as results and value and then you're going to add another person and another person and another person. But don't try to do it with several people at once when you're just kind of starting these practices. Pick one person and say, 
okay, I'm going to step up my game where this person is concerned. Then after a month, add another person. And finally, number three action step is you can pay it forward. What can you do to serve someone every single day in a week's time? And that's how you pay it forward. That's our show today, brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow us on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and ClearVision DEV. On behalf of Whitney Coker and William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.